music singing from this. Everything comes from this, except this stuff. So I guess you got two, uh, two uh, Lutheran service book, page 260, and this. This is the day which the Lord hath made. From the rising of the sun to its setting. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Make known to me, uh, make me know, to know your ways, O Lord. Sanctify us in your truth. The rising of the sun to its setting. Glory be to the Father.
Please be seated for the readings. The first reading is from the seventh chapter of Amos. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line. I replied. Then the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. The high places of Isaac will be destroyed, and the sanctuaries of Israel will be ruined. And my sword I will raise against the house of Jeroboam. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words, for this is what Amos is saying. Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will surely go into exile away from their native land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Get out, you seer. Go back to the land of Judah, earn your bread there, and do your prophesying there. Don't prophesy, prophesy anymore at Bethel, because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor a son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be God. 56.
Second reading is from the first chapter of Ephesians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he has chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he has predestined us to, <clears throat> for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glory, glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the ones he loved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he Posed in Christ to be put in, into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Who is, a deposit, uh, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God, God's possession. To the praise of His glory. This is the word of the Lord. Hymn 57.
rise for the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah. Still others claimed he is a prophet, like the one of the prophets long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead? For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had bound him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, but she was not able to. Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, Whatever you ask, I will give, to you, give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried to the king with the request, I want you to give me the right, give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oath and his, his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing this of this, John's disciples came, took his body, and laid it in a tomb. This is the gospel of the Lord. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love The Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not Thank you. 
his mercy and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We have uh, in our readings discussions about prophets and, uh, and who indeed um, is a prophet and what prophets do and I think it has also to do with God's will and what God wants to convey to his people. Oftentimes we have a problem with that. Because, well, you know the saying, sometimes the messenger gets shot, right? So don't shoot the messenger. Uh, but, I don't know. I mean, it's just like so many things. Um, I, as a police chaplain, um, 
I have found that, uh, you know, when somebody asks me something, I say more often, I don't know. Uh, well, you were there, weren't you? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that I know anything. And even police officers that are there, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm just standing here. And, uh, and that's the way it goes. And you find out later um, that, oh, this is what happened. Well, I didn't even know that. I thought it was something else. God's word isn't like that. But sometimes it seems a lot like that. John the Baptist, for one, says his disciples came and took his body. Didn't say anything about his head, but I have you know on good authority that John the Baptist's head is in no less than eight different churches. It's true. Maybe more. Each church is probably called John the Baptist. And probably not called the head of John the Baptist. But you see how the truth of truths can be obscured. And in this world, just like everything else, it just continues to go on like that. Israel, we know. We know Israel ceased to exist. The kingdoms divided. And to, send, to have a prophet sent to the king of Israel was to indicate to them that God still cared about them. Now, of course, most of the times prophets come to say things that are not fun to hear. And so it's not a fun job for the prophets. And sometimes it's not a fun job for us, the children of God. Scripture is very clear. Uh, and today in our uh, epistle lesson, we see this and we see that Christ blessed us in heavenly realms and every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonships through Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his great glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves in him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And that sounds like, whew, that sounds like, in many ways, uh, religious gobbledygook. And that is a problem, because when you start talking to somebody about God, there's no way to take, to take the church out of that and people will say oh now you're talking now you're just feeding me your, your church line and I've th this is a serious thing when you talk to somebody and you convey to them who you are get ready to be rejected because you're one of the Kool-Aid drinkers or maybe you're you know whatever your denomination is 
you've drunk that portion of the Kool-Aid. But depending upon who you talk to in this world, Christianity can be seen as drinking Kool-Aid. Drinking the Kool-Aid, I should say. I hope we know what that means. I don't have to go explain Jim Jones and all that stuff in Guyana. But it's important that we understand who we are and whose we are. Even in saying this predestination thing, now this is given for us so that we understand, and we just sang it, you know, uh, for God, one evening is, you know, a thousand evenings is, is, is like a day, right? For God, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. For God, it's that way. And if we kind of keep this in mind, we can realize that God can accomplish many, many things. Not only that, but God's time, as far as, as far as we are concerned, as we think about God, He has His creation, this world, in God's time is what, a week and a half? Something like that? That's like... But for us, you know, especially if you're waiting on a plane, especially lately, or a bus... Or are you waiting to get whatever that you're waiting for, and it never see? If you decided to do remodeling, oh my goodness, you're waiting, right? But for God, it's like this, and we're told it's like we sang in the hymn: "Our we, the waves just come in, sweep us away, and, and no one remembers us anymore." We try to remember. What's his name? Jeroboam? I don't know. But we can, we can see this in his, uh, in his words. He sends the prophet of God away. Go and prophesy in Judah, that other kingdom which we hate. Go prophesy there. I don't want you back here. And in doing so, he sends the word of God out from amongst his midst. Just think about the gravity of that. God's word sailing out the door. All right? This is the last time. And indeed, Scripture does talk about that. In Hebrews, it says that, that once you commit apostasy, and in the Greek, the sense is you continually reject until the final time. You know, I mean, there's some people who will say, I don't want to go to church. I'm going to skip this time. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I'm, and then finally they say, you know what? I don't, I don't want to go to church. I never wanted to go to church. I don't believe in God. I don't want to even hear you talk to me about it. And you see a progression. And in Hebrews it says, once a person has committed apostasy or once a person has turned their back on God, it is impossible to restore them to repentance. Go ahead, give it a shot. 
Go ahead, try to talk to somebody who says, I don't want to hear it. You know, who knows? Nowadays, they might say, well, I don't want you to call me for anything. Don't call me anymore. I don't want to, you know, if you're going to come and you're going to feed me this Kool-Aid, I know better. I'm more sophisticated. And basically, it's a way of saying, I want to do what I want to do, and I don't want God getting in my way. But there is the law. And in our Ephesians passage, it's pretty clear that this is one of grace. It is not one of our doing or not doing. It is what God has set before us. Here, I set, I set before you blessings and curses. Choose this day whom you will serve. A real sad thing is Herod. You know, I was just thinking about that as we were reading this. Boy, you know, the rumors go, go uh, running around. Herod was, the, was a, a case in point. He, you know, he's the king of, of the Jews. He's the king of the Jews. John, the prophet, comes in amongst his midst and says stuff that... Well, his wife doesn't particularly care to hear. But, you know, Herod, I don't know. I mean, they used to, he used to hang out with his brother Philip and, uh, and um, Herod and Herodias made googly eyes at each other, evidently. And uh, finally, Herod wooed her away, uh, you know, Thank goodness nothing like this happens this day, right? You don't have people wooing people away from their spouses and all of that stuff. Thank goodness we know better than that. <laughs> and John says, you know, that's not right. As far as God's concerned, that's not right. And Herodias just hit the ceiling. But Herod says, now, dear, you know. And he would go down, and he would have his little private church, and he would listen to all of the things. And I would have loved to have hear what, heard what John the Baptist had to say. And John the Baptist, I mean, if anybody had a dose of, yes, Lord, I get it, I'm going, John the Baptist did, because even in the womb he was chosen to... Not, never cut his hair. Now that and enough, that, that would be enough to send some people out of church forever. What? To be, a, to be a follower of God, I can't cut my hair? Can I have beer? No, you can't have beer. Well, what can I eat? Gumbo? Nope. Rice? Nope. How about locusts and honey? Uh, no, thank you. Somebody's drinking some, I mean, just, you know, just me saying this, but John was a Nazarite. He had, he took vows and, and that was, you know, in a way it was so that he stood out and did he stand out? Yeah. I mean, he wore weird stuff and he came and he started saying weird things that people hadn't, but within the midst of that. 
God's word was there. And maybe, maybe sometimes it has to sound a little bit different. And I don't know, maybe this, hopefully there'll be like a resurgence now that people said, well, uh, I don't, I'm not buying what mom and dad said because you have, you know, all of these teachings from the church and, and don't let your, uh, the door hit your behind on the way out if you don't believe this or don't believe like us and all of that stuff. Maybe if they say, I don't know who God is, maybe they'll go on their own little search and maybe God will reintroduce himself to them and they will come to a better understanding of who he is. And I'm, I'm of the opinion that God is it's possible for God to do that. So if you have you know, relatives that you're worried about or anything like that, why don't you pray in that direction? That, okay, if they don't want to drink my Kool-Aid, maybe they can find a Kool-Aid that's more to their flavor. But let's not fool ourselves. What God offers in his Kool-Aid is everlasting life. It is something that we cannot attain to ourselves. So all of this stuff about I don't know. There's dual predestination, uh, which is which is uh, just a completely fatalistic view um, of of well, you know, uh, God knows everything. So if you're born, you're you're damned or you're not. If you're born, you can't do anything about it. And then there's other people on the whole other spectrum who say things like, uh, well, you know, if you do this and if you do that. Then, then we know you're a Christian. If you don't, then you never were saved. You were faking it the whole time. Because once saved, always saved. That means something. But it means, it means that you made your decision, and if you, if you what, what's the word, backslide, you backslide all the way down the slide and jump off, I guess, at the end. I don't know. You never were saved in the first place. It was all fake. Why? Because once saved, always saved. We've always believed that. Everybody believes that. Well, no. I'll say this. Once saved, always saved through Christ. It's got nothing to do with you. And I, I think when, it, when this whole thing, it has to do with God's love for you. And when we read this, I don't see anything in there about what I have to do. And I don't see anything really in there about, uh, about God's sovereignty reaching, reaching so deep that, that it is just blind. Jesus came, lived among us, he did things so that people might hear his word. There's still the hearing part. There's still the living part of it. And yes, we do, and we act out our Christianity, and we live our Christianity. But you realize that when you do all of these things, whether you believe in God or not, to be honest, what God teaches leads to a better life. Having said that, God is real. And God teaches us these things. And if we act on these things, we do this because we trust in God. We know God. We love God. We love Jesus Christ who suffered and died for us. And we are now free 
to act. without fear of going to hell. I can hear it now. Some people say, well, that's just arrogant. That's arrogant Kool-Aid right there. You drank the, the arrogant Kool-Aid. But I think it takes a little more understanding. And the fact that I know that I sin, there is sin within me. I wear glasses. And you know, the older I get, the less these glasses help me. Sometimes even the glasses fail. Man, I remember when I could, well, let me just put my glasses on. Okay, I can read that. Now, sometimes I put my glasses on, and I still can't read it. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm kind of resisting getting that magnifying glass. I know you have it. Some of you have that magnifying glass because then you have to get the magnifying glass so that now with the glasses, now you got two sets of glasses to help you read it because the print's too small. A lot of that happens on the phone or they send me a message, blue background, blue print. Who does that? I just go, I can't even read this. But that's younger eyes. It's, 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 a young, it's things that you realize, once again, that your body is failing, progressively failing. But is your faith failing? See, we come to church. Thank God my faith is always young. I mean, it ages, hopefully, in wisdom. But your faith grows, just like in a marriage. Right? There's not an infatuation anymore. Although, if you think about it long enough, you can realize this is pretty, it's a pretty neat deal. The maker of the universe. Well, God didn't create. How did the universe get here? Well, that's all on you. You don't believe in God. You have a lot. <laughs> You've got a lot of questions to answer. But me, I know where the universe comes from. God Almighty created it. He put everything just so. Uh, talk, to the phys talk to the physics professors the, about how precise certain things were placed in the world and how if it rotated faster, it would be no bueno. If it rotated slower, slower it would be no bueno. If it was too close, too, it would all be... And, and the scientists are saying things are beginning to fail. If you're... One of those Christians that think that, that that's all uh, voodoo and, and whatever. I don't know what to tell you because uh, uh, I can tell you this, that this world will come to an end. And even scientists agree in that. One of these days, you know, one of these stars is going to hit the earth. And if you want to see that, look in Revelation. I don't know if, if I hope I'm around or I, I don't know what I, you know, I'm not going to go into all of that stuff when that happens, but man, weather's changing, COVID, a lot of things. Um, pastor's a fear monger today. I don't mean to be that. All I'm saying is that, that I'm going to put my stake 
continually harder and deeper into the faith that God has given me. I'm going to acknowledge him. I pray that you do that. I pray that uh, those people out there who, who somehow have another view, I hope that holds them up until they, they honestly investigate and come to know God. If not the first time they did it, now. Because now is the time. Don't lose your faith. Listen to the prophets. They're going to tell you some stuff that you don't want to hear. And you're going to get mad at them. Because, honestly, some of the stuff you're not supposed to do, you like doing. Well, that's fallen human nature. We do that. And when we call to God for redemption, he says, I got you. I'm here for you. I've always been here for you. It's all in Christ. So if you think that you're going to come to me and say, Lord, if, if you take me back, I'll be a good person. Don't even get started in that. It's not going to work because you're going to be a good person today, whatever that means. But tomorrow, yeah, it's kind of like a diet, right? You go on the diet, right? And then you figure out reasons why you're not going to go on the diet anymore. Well, good for me. I lost X amount of pounds. Now I'm going to go have myself a Whopper meal or something. As a congr congratulatory uh, trophy for being on a diet, I'm going to get off the diet so bad, I'm not going to be able to tell that I was on a diet in the first place. We Christians, and I thank God that my faith is a lot more substantial than that because I don't feel myself saying, you know, this Christianity thing is hard. It's like being on a diet, so I'm going to try not being a Christian one day. It's impossible. You can't because you have a relationship with your father. It's just like somebody saying, like me saying, I'm decided that I'm not going to be a DeSoto anymore. Well, every time I whip out my driver's license, it tells me something I don't want to hear. And if somebody stops me, a police officer stops me, and he, he says, Mr. DeSoto, nope, change my name. Well, what is your name? I'll get back to you on that. A Christian is a Christian. Changing out of that, deciding to be something else, is devastating to a person. And I hope that people who, who think that we drink the Kool-Aid um, stop drinking the Kool-Aid that they've been fed and get back to the truth. God created. God sent Jesus Jesus suffered and died. And faith that God gives is what makes this life what it is. Bearable, knowing that when our time ends, we go into God's time where a day 
is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. In other words, going to heaven is, is, is like living a thousand years in one day. I think that's what, you know, I think that's what some people are trying to live your life as if tomorrow you die. Well, that's kind of a Christian thing, I guess, depending upon what that means for that person. You know, too much or, do you know, because tomorrow you die. Well, if you drink too much, I guess that might happen. Or if you put drugs in your system, that could happen. Or if you don't look both ways when you cross the street, that could happen. Or if you walk down the street and somebody decides they don't like you or they're going to rob you or whatever. All of that can happen. Can it happen to a Christian? Absolutely. Can it happen to a non-Christian? Absolutely. So, having said that, we listen to the prophets, we listen to God who informs us, and we take comfort in what Christ has done for us because we are predestined. God is not going to turn his back on us. He's always going to be there for us. Even if we're stinkers, he's going to be there for us. And he's going to raise us up on the last day. As long as we rejoice in that, it doesn't even really matter whether we go to church or not. Ah, I say that going, oh, wait a minute. We'll see you next week, right? But at the same time, knowing that Jesus is the one who did it, takes the pressure off of us. He did it for us. And now the faith that God gives us puts us at peace. It's not arrogant when God himself is the one who teaches that to us. But don't be arrogant and go out there and live like hell and expect heaven. But when we ask God for forgiveness, He is gentle, He is kind, and He will forgive our sins. Those are His words. So we constantly confess, God, help me a poor, miserable sinner. Help me to love my neighbor as myself. We said the Ten Commandments. Help me to obey those, even though I know I can't. Help me to obey those things. And I know that Jesus has done the, work, the rest of the work. So allow that to sink in once again May the peace that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in that truth, in that reality. Amen. We continue with the um, we have here, we had a uh, oh yeah, the, uh, the offertory. Um, it's just from Songs for Disciples, Just As I Am Without One Plea. Uh, song 59. 
we rise for prayer. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our hearts and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the holy Christian church here and scattered throughout the world and for the proclamation of the gospel and calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this nation, for our cities and communities, for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for seasonable weather, and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for all those in need, for the hungry, the homeless, for the widowed, the orphan, for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the and dying for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Specifically for all of those people we have listed in our bulletin continuously and for Drew uh, Budford, who is uh, uh, diagnosed with leukemia, uh, Sonia Gonzalez and Maria Gonzalez, both who have come down with uh, COVID, and the family of Nolan Harrow, who, is, uh, um, who passed away. Um, and for all others that we have named in our hearts at this time. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, mercy. have mercy. Lord have mercy. Let us pray. God of glory, Father of love, peace comes from you alone. Send us as peacemakers and witnesses to your kingdom. Fill our hearts with joy in your promises of salvation. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, take them to heart, that by patience and comfort of your word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil. And all my feelings in to your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. And if the angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the light of the world, the light no darkness can overcome. A reading from Mark. He who believes and is 
baptized will be saved. Reading from John, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. <clears throat> Reading from Corinthians, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. <clears throat> in baptism, God brings us into his family and calls us his own. By baptism, God gives us the gift of faith, love, life, forgiveness, and strength, and asks us to respond in faithfulness to him in service to others. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the new life you have given us through holy baptism. Especially, we ask you to bless <coughs> Tara Sabaya, Ern Byer, Tracy Alford, Andrew Bricado, Dwayne Foster, and uh, Caitlin Clayson, Troy Bettisworth, and Trey Ware. <clears throat> On the anniversaries of their baptisms, continue to strengthen them with the Holy Spirit and increase in them your gifts of grace, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, and the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. The benediction. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. Closing in 63.
All right, announcements. Okay. And uh, let's see. I don't know. I mean, in some churches, there would be this big thing about, well, don't tell them you're not going to be here next Sunday because when the cat's away, the mice will play. But, you know, Steve is going to be uh, giving one of his short and sweets. <laughs> right? You haven't been preaching long, have you? Not like pastor. So, uh, yep, so he'll be here, and we'll be in Maryland uh, trying to get a lot of history under our belts, I guess, and see our son up there. You know, he's been in the Navy. He's been here and there. He was in Hawaii. Did we go see him? No. He was in Florida. Did we go see him? No. Um, so uh, so now that he's up in Maryland, eh, you know, we said, we haven't gone seen him. We'll go see him. So, uh, yep, that's where we're going to be, running around up there. Um, um, but we'll be back, and um, let's see. Uh, we, we do have Bible study because we haven't, two weeks in a row we haven't had Bible study, right? Have you enjoyed your time off? So we'll have Bible study again. Um, we will continue on with Amos. I guess that's right, right? Yeah. Amos, right? No, Ezra. I knew I was wrong the minute I said it, but I couldn't. Yeah, Ezra. Um, and, uh, but we have goodies over there first, I guess. So, unless I missed my guess, but usually we do. Um, and then we'll get, get started back here. Any other announcements? All right. Let's rise for the mission statement. As believers in Christ, St. Stephen Lutheran Church is committed to serving God by sharing the good news of Christ with all people. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Uh, bring your hymnals back. <laughs>